Welcome to All Your Favorite Music is Probably, where we take a theme dive into popular songs and unearth the connections like DNA. I'm your host, Mark Montgomery French, music culture writer, film composer, YouTuber, and genetic enthusiast. Today's theme is All Your Favorite Music is Probably Secretly About Murder. And my guests today are the hosts of the Notes from Goats podcast, Brandon Alberta and Steve Madol. Hi, guys. Hey, what's going hey. on? I'm so happy you guys want to come here and discuss murder songs with me. It's a, it's a good day. It's a great day. And great day for murder. Day you for weren't murder. surprised. You gave me two choices and you were like, yeah, that's probably the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, the thing is, throughout history, no matter what type of music you're into, there's always a lot of songs about murder. There's yeah. country yeah. folk songs about murder. There's certain people of our parents' generation think that our music is very violent. And I'd say, uh, I think it was Johnny Cash who's saying, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. That's pretty gangster. I think like three quarters yeah. of Johnny Cash's like repertoire is about killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, Dilly is gone. Yeah, there's always someone who's yeah. like dying. He's got a great a greatest hits of murder song. He does. We could that could have been the entire episode. <laughs> Just Johnny Cash. Just Johnny Cash, or um, you know, uh, Cop Killer by uh, Body Cap. Oh yeah, yeah, we could NWA. Yeah. So yeah. I saw the first Lollapalooza in '91, and. I saw Ice T. Half the set was him doing his songs. Half the set was Body Count, and their album had not dropped yet, so no one had expected him to show up with a metal band. And they start singing "Cop Killer," and no one heard the song before. And people are getting into it. And I'm turning to my wife, going, "Someday he's going to get in trouble." <laughs> I didn't think it would be the next year. <laughs> oh my! But, but you think about that now, and he's he's like been on svu for 18 years Forever. he's not Forever. you would think this song would come back up and he would get canceled Mm-mm. maybe maybe you know what maybe this was like some sort of like maybe he did get in trouble but like his sentence was you have to be on national tv for <laughs> 20 years in a consistent role you don't have to be a good actor you just have to be there and we'll watch mariska hargate do her thing. I think no, you're correct. The best thing about Ice T is every every episode, especially the first like six seasons, all of a sudden a brown fist comes from off screen and punches somebody in the face, and it's always <laughs> Ice T punches somebody. You're like, this dude's just True. like, wait a minute, you're gonna pay me to hang out with Christopher Maloney, and I get to punch people in the face? Okay. Yeah, I'll pay Let's you. Do. Yeah, no. I'll- I'll, yeah, exactly. It's him and Ice Cube. We're getting ready to do Ice Cube on our podcast. Yay! How? <laughs> How? How did Ice Cube become America's Black Mister Mister Rogers? How the hell did I, yeah, that happen? I did not. I did not see that coming. What so ever? He paid some people off because if you do, those albums, you can still find them. And the same with Body, you can still find Body Count. And Ice T still does it from time. He time. does. He got a Grammy he last year. He doesn't play Cop Killer usually. But, no, no. Um, <laughs> but he still does Body Count, and you're like, how? Like. I, I just don't get it. I think people just love Ice T. That there's no other reason. It's just like I I like him and and he's fun. Or he's got they that don't want to piss him off because he still looks like he'll hurt you. Oh, he will. No, that that man's hardcore. <laughs> so I want to get into, of course, the next most gangster person on today's list, Christopher Cross. <laughs> now, Christopher Cross, if you remember, was uh, what we back 
called Yacht Rock because it was this so is smooth Yacht Rock. and so smooth. This is Yacht Rock. Uh, but Christopher Cross, he's from Texas, and he's kind of a badass. So he wrote this song, Ride Like the Wind, while he was traveling through Texas high on acid. So here's the line. I was born the son of a lawless man, always spoke my mind with a gun in my hand. Live nine lives, gun down ten, gonna ride like the wind. And that's why he wants to get to the border of Mexico, because he's a wanted murderer. Wow. I didn't catch that part. Uh, right? Because you're, all the, it's so mellow and just right? like yeah. going for it. Yeah. Ride like the wind. And you're just like, oh yeah, this is good. And then all of a sudden, okay. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm a, I'm, I see you there, Christopher Cross. <laughs> I see you. I'm a multiple murderer. And with that, let's get into Christopher Cross's Ride Like the Wind. And that was the hard yacht rock gangster vibe of Christopher Cross's Ride Like the Wind. I don't know if the rest of the repertoire is as hardcore, but um, I'll give him credit for it. That was his leadoff single, I think, right? I think so. I'm fairly certain, yeah. Yeah. But think about it, though. It's a white dude in Texas that killed 10 people. They don't give a shit. <laughs> That's true. That's just Tuesday. That was, yeah. It was, <laughs> right? Like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Also, he had Michael McDonald smoothing out the backgrounds at that point. Clearly, you could put Michael McDonald <laughs> oh, on Michael anything. Oh, Michael McDonald. Put him on. I can't think of that guy without thinking of the... Um, SCTV? That and uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. <laughs> in, the, in the video store. I can't. I just can't. Every single time. Love some Michael McDonald. Uh, speaking of hardcore dudes, I also saw Tom Jones. I forgot about this. I had a client back in the day who I believe couldn't go, so he gave me tickets. So my wife and I saw Tom Jones. At the time, I'm like, ah, isn't he over the hill? Isn't he my, my parent? Tom Jones throw down. He was amazing. Did the dances. Women lined up to throw their underwear. But he could sing, and he sang really hard for a very long time. Yeah. And he I could, could see Tom Jones with the Wayne Newton style, and still, I would still go see it. I would. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like he's 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 the best of what he does, right? Only yeah, for of, sure. Only a handful of people can do what he does and not look silly. 
Him and Alfonso Ribeiro. There we go. <laughs> that is there accurate. we go. So one of his big international hits was Delilah, which is a very big, broad song, the kind of song you could sing at probably that VFW associated bar. You know, you could just kind of oh, absolutely. swing back and oh, forth. Karaoke, the karaoke machine's coming in hot there. Right. Yeah. And without you noticing it, uh, it's about a dude whose girl is cheating on him, so he stabs her. Yes, and it I did is. not realize that until you sent me this list, and I was just like, this song's not about wait a second. Let's get to the stabity stabity part. At break of day, when that man drove away, I was waiting. Hmm, foreshadowing. I crossed the street to her house, and she opened the door. That's fine. She stood there laughing. Oops. I felt the knife in my hand, and she laughed no more. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Your favorite songs are about premeditated murder. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so now we will play for all of everyone listening the international sweetness of Tom Jones' Delilah. At break of day when that man drove away, I was waiting. I crossed the street to her house and she opened the door. I felt the knife in my hand and she left no more. My, my, my Delilah. Why, why, why Delilah? So And that was Delilah by Tom Jones. You know, thinking about it, like, especially with this song, like, wouldn't it be great to see this as like a Dateline special <laughs> where they literally take this song or even all the songs that we're talking about and just, but especially this one, because can't you envision a Dateline when like, you know, Lester Holt is like talking about so-and-so was standing across the street and then all of a sudden, you know, they're interviewing some sort of eyewitness who's like, yeah, that mofo crossed the street. The girl opened the door for him, so she clearly knew him, and then it was over. Yeah. I could see it right now. It does sound like a Brian Williams type thing, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> he was there, too, and that happened. He's, he's probably oh. done it. Yeah. That's why he's he's probably did it. He was there. Yeah, he was yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. Shh, cover it up. I remember that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> across the street. <laughs> in and out. Yeah. Tom Jones, a.k.a. Brian. I'm not going yeah, to finish that. We'll finish that sentence. Tom we Jones, know. Brian Williams, ghostwriter. So you mentioned premeditated. Let's get into premeditated murder. So the song Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. And just, just, just so people realize what a pumped up kick was. Back when Nike and Michael Jordan were ruling basketball shoes. 
Everybody yep. had to come up with something to, to compete. Mm-hmm. And Reebok mm. came up with the pump, a overly expensive shoe with a, some sort of air bladder. You could just kind of use your finger and pump it up and supposedly would give you more lift. Of course it didn't, but... <laughs> but they're coming back. <laughs> I'm surprised Pumas <laughs> came back. I mean, everything's coming they back. They did. Yeah. Keds. Keds had a hipster yeah. yes. role for a moment. Um, yeah. So the character in this song is jealous of all the rich kids with their their pumped up kicks and imagine shooting them. So uh, the, the, the line basically is, all the other kids with the pumped up kicks, you better run, better run, outrun my gun. So the guy's planning a high school mega murder. Oh, man. I know. Right? The song sounds so happy. When, when did this song come out? Uh, this was- Mid-2000s. Okay, so it's like that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, it was after it was after Columbine. Like Columbine and, yeah, oh, yeah. It was it was okay. in the midst of the school the school shooting heyday. Got it. Okay. Which is a terrible right. thing to say, but it is. Yeah. Right. I was just trying to figure out if this dude the writing <laughs> of it of it all, which I don't know if I want to, but okay. No, and that you know, and Pumped Up Kicks was a huge, huge hit. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess people could, it was a big dance hit. So, and with that, for those of you who want to dance to this podcast, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. The smoothed out, premeditated murder jam, pumped up kicks by Foster the People. And that actually came out, guys, in 2011. Yeah, that's... It's only like 11 years old. And do you remember that actually being on, like, commercials? Yes! And on TV? They were selling cars and And nobody caught on. Nope! Nope! And it it wasn't... Until, like... A little later. It wasn't like they hid the chorus either. I mean, that was... No, that was the part of the sh- commercial. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Like, they were literally selling shoes with that song. Because nobody <laughs> was going to actually listen to the song, though, Steve. Well, I'm pretty sure some Karen listened to it and was just like, what? The- and, they, and then... Marketing was this. Uh, still like, we're still going to use this. got a <laughs> yeah. very sternly written letter from Karen. How dare yeah, Re- you? Reebok yeah. was like, we're coming back. Taking yeah. it back. 
The song that shocked me from its usage to the point where I asked my wife, are you seeing what I'm seeing? It was Apple. I'm not sure what product they were selling, but the song they used was Gigantic by the Pixies. Do you know what Gigantic's about? I don't offhand. It is about Kim Deal's black boyfriend's genitalia. Uh, I knew it was about a giant dong. My big, big love. That is, you know, gigantic, gigantic. I'm like, what are you selling? Oh. Did anybody tell Tim Cook this? Is that why we're doing this? Is this the point of this? What? I totally oh, oh, forgot. Tim Cook's it's just over, like, yeah. it's over exaggerate. It's the over exaggeration part, you know, on on both sides. Of I it. guess it's and- probably the iPhone Max. <laughs> it probably right. was. It probably was. Right. That's yeah. crazy. All right, on- in your pocket, just like this. <laughs> on to our next track. I love Primus, and I realize Primus is not for everybody. I have a friend who saw Primus open for Rush. Rush and Primus love each other, but Rush fans do not like Primus fans. <laughs> that would be an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's the mutual admiration society, but I feel like uh, my friend was saying that the uh, the musicality of, let's say, the melodies Rush have are not necessarily the melodies Primus tends to play. Oh no, Les Claypool is weird. <laughs> yeah, in um, more ways than one. But th- yes, lovingly weird. The man is just yes. owned. Owned. He's he's way into fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> How many songs about that? I actually saw them. Now I think about it. I saw them open in 1988. They opened for the Peppers. It was back when the Peppers were playing small theaters. So it was him and Flea. And had I realized this is going to be like the two big bass titans for the next 30 years, I would have probably paid more attention. Uh, but it was rather yeah. amazing. And I love the song My Name is Mud off of Pork Soda. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Pork Soda sold a million copies, but that people were really into weird ass stuff that year. <laughs> an album called yeah. Pork Soda. Pork Soda. And my name is Mud, but a dude who gets into an argument with his friend and kills him. Which I did hmm. not know. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. There's a part where he says, uh, talking about his shoes, how he keeps them clean. But today my feet were trodden by this friend of mine, six foot two and rude as hell. I got to get him in the ground before he starts to smell. And that's not. E- that's just foreshadowing right later on he says we had our words a common spat so i kissed him upside the cranium with an aluminum baseball bat my name is mud yes the whole song is an argument i just listen to that bass track every time i listen to this song so like i get i get distracted by the music oh yeah i'm like yeah the the bass is amazing that's what they're trying to do, Steve. They're trying to hide it. They're trying to hide the murder by having it be a bop. Somebody get Lester on the phone. They're making it a banger. And this guy definitely made it a banger. I love the bass line because when he gets in the verses, I'm not sure if they're even playing notes. You know, it's just sounds. Yeah. <laughs> just, they're just a percussion. They're, they're, yeah. They're like a jam band like that just went a little bit more into the mushrooms than anybody else. Uh, Bing, that's a great description. That's a great I, description. I told Brandon that, that, Primus, that Primus was tool, but weirder. And you know where mushrooms grow? The mud. The Perfect mud. segue. We're going to play My Name is Mud by Primus.
And that was the elegant and melodic My Name is Mud by Primus. And as you said, perhaps mushroom enhanced. Yeah. Steve, I just got to say, just from if people ever listen to the Notes and Goats podcast, like Mark is way better at transitions than I am. This guy is like <laughs> on point. I, just, I think it's his job. I, it's true. I make transitions like I'm a beached whale. I just <laughs> show up. He writes them, am. though. That's true. I fly by the seat of my, my pants. That's We're a one-cut podcast. By the way, can we mention the Notes and Goats podcast with a wonderful music-related podcast that I have been on not once but twice, and each yeah. time is fantastic, and you guys out there should listen to it on wherever you get your podcasts, which is, uh, I mean, it's mostly mostly Spotify and Apple. But look, hey, let's pretend yeah. there's more hey, than two. We got, we're, <laughs> we're, on, we're on a bunch of the other ones, too. We're on all of them. Excellent. There was a time in around 2013 that Sean Colvin won Record of the Year at the Grammys. And on her way to give her speech, old dirty bastard from Wu-Tang ran out and interrupted. Wu-Tang's for children! Wu-Tang is for the children. And, oh, ODB. And he he looked great, had a wonderful suit he had bought that day. And um, he was, I think, upset he didn't win Best Rap Album, which was, was not the actual award Sean Colvin was up for. Oh, that would have been funny, too. Um, and <laughs> yeah, then, it, was, it was, I think it was Puff Daddy didn't win. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He was mad that Puff Daddy didn't win the Best Rap Album. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it was the Kanye version of the Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> it was the, the ODB is the, better because uh, Wu Tang is for the children. The, yeah, the beta version of that. Yes, and so Sean Colvin, very confused, gave a thank you, I think, uh, for the song "Sunny Came Home," which is a lovely, pretty song that is clearly about a woman who is trying to escape her past by burning it down. Even mm-hmm. the single is a woman holding a match. I mean, it's not subtle. Now, mm-hmm. later on, she admits in, in a concert that, yeah, it's a murder ballad. So it's not quite as clear from the lyrics that she is trying to burn someone up in the house, but she's trying to burn someone up in the house. You know, a, yeah. a part of the lyrics, she said, days go by. I don't know why I'm walking on a wire. I close my eyes and fly out of my mind into the fire. Okay. Okay, Sean. We know what's yeah. happening. I mean, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you got to burn things. You know, it's sometimes it's garbage, sometimes it's paper, sometimes it's a house with a man in it. It's a phoenix rising from the ashes. It's it, so pretty, so pretty. And with yeah. that, I will segue into the pretty but deadly Sunny Came Home by Sean Colvin.
that was the 1997 Record of the Year and Song of the Year because the Grammys love death. Sonny came home <laughs> by Sean Colvin. It's true. I've never it's all very true. I've never really understood like why some songs become Song of the Year, Record of the Year. Because never to me seems to be the most popular. It just seems to be yes. like what the Grammys would like you to think is their best work. 100%. 100%. Case in we, po- uh, Steve and I actually have a, because we're a music review podcast, yeah. we, we look at the Grammys, right? And we actually have a Grammy bet. We, we look at a handful, probably 10 or 12 different categories. And one of them is best new artist. Mm. The people this year, one of them is called, have you ever heard of Wet Dog? Oh, wet leg or wet dog? Wet leg. Wet leg. Wet leg. Wet leg. Yes. Okay, I hadn't. But then there's like this whole other list of people. That I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. So they are Toby and Wigway, but by the way, but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was the only the Grammys part, are weird. The only part of them at. I really be- like are like um, historical reissue because okay. they have the weirdest people combined together. Like you'll see like like Wilco and like. You know Willie Nelson, like the same category, or somebody totally off, like the Soul Train show, or something just like, yes, all comp- and you can tell like people who really care about liner notes voted for this award, and so I sort of like that, yes. But, but most of the time, it's like, you remember the year Hey Ya came out, you yeah. Would think, yeah, right? It lost uh, record of the year or song of the year to Clocks by Coldplay. See, Coldplay, yeah. how <laughs> right the song we heard. On NPR, the song we heard on ESPN, the song we heard in safe supermarket, it was the song of the year, except to the Grammy people who thought Clocks by Cole. Better. It's the same stuff that happens on the Oscars, though, man. You oh, get this true. weird, like, French film that nobody's ever read, nobody's ever heard. Like, the one South Korean film that nobody ever heard of, the pandemic one, and they won, and they're like, well, and then actually, that movie's actually pretty decent. So, but um, it happens in all those award shows, except for, like, the CMAs, like nobody watches or whatever, you know, like it's like it, the Golden Globes that everybody sits around and gets hammered at or the SAG which, Awards. Which makes it fun, right? Which is a best. That's why I like Ricky Gervais doing those things because he's up there drinking bourbon while just giving everybody shit and they're paying him to do it. Yes, over and over. It's fantastic. Yeah, this is my last time doing this, so I don't care what I'm going to say right now. I also like the fact that they separate comedy from drama. And why the Oscars can't do that, I have no idea. I mean, they're already separating yeah. actors by gender, which if you think about it, is kind of crazy. So I'll Maybe th- they will now, though, considering the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. <laughs> will Smith yeah. definitely separated drama with some comedy. He definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my they'll, God. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll rethink. They'll probably rethink the tables of the Golden Globes set up, too. Like we're going back <laughs> in chairs. There'll be a barrier in, <laughs> like yeah. in a rock yeah. show. Yeah, mosh pit kind of gate bouncer in front of them. <laughs> yeah, you got to wait. There's a gate. You got to make sure you show your credentials. Make sure you actually are Will Smith. Yeah, you know, you have to figure, out and the then way. you have to figure out how to get the metal gate like clips like apart because they're incredibly difficult. Anyway. Or they'll use that the fabric, the fabric barrier that everybody nobody can get off there. You're like, you're just gonna go underneath the stamps. <laughs> yeah, they'll be selling ad space on the fabric barrier because they'll be on yep. screen for so long. It, you know, absolutely. T Mobile as well. Uh, he brought to you by T-Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> we have, don't have coverage here either. 
Speaking of a TV show, wow, that segue totally worked in. Look at so, us. Look at us. Vicky Sue Lawrence was famous for being on The Carol Burnett Show. Apparently, she was just a young teenager who sent an email. Sorry, email. How old am I? Sent a letter to Carol Burnett saying, people think I'm funny and look like you. And can I be on your show? And she said, yes. That, that's how you auditioned for The Carol Burnett Show. Man, I gotta try that. I know, right? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I like so, that. So her husband was a songwriter, and he wrote The Night Lights Went Out in Georgia. And he could not get anybody in the music industry to sing it. He gave it to Cher. So he's like, no, no one wanted to sing it. So he asked his wife, do you want to sing it? And she went, sure. She had no desire to have a singing career. And pretty much she was a one and done artist. I think there was a follow-up album, but she was just like, I'll sing on the Carol Burnett show. I don't really want to, I'll do, for you, honey, I'll do you a right. solid. She took one for the team. And went to number one. And the song is... Uh, so there's a man named Andy, and his wife has cheated on him, and he uh, wants to go kill Andy, but he gets there, and he's already dead because it's a town with some corrupt politicians. He ends up being put to death anyway, and it turns out that the narrator of the song, which was uh, the other man's sister, shot Andy and killed her brother's wife. Yeah, so this this it's, it's from the killer. She is the actual narrator of the song. Yeah. With lines like this, his cheating wife had never left town, and that's one body that'll never be found. See, little sister don't miss when she aims for her gun. Number one across the country. Oh this my song's a God. banger, too. Yes, and now we'll hear that banger, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Sue Lawrence. A song you may know because Reba McIntyre covered it lately. It's The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Sue Lawrence. My now, s- yes, go on. The Reba version, though. Yes. She took the dark and, like, turned it to 11. Yeah, yeah. Like, she she was like, nope, we're going to make this even darker. Because the <laughs> Vicki Sue Lawrence version has got that disco-esque vibe to it. Yeah, the very 70s no, you're vibe. right. You're right. And Reba's just like... Nope. No, nope. definitely killing people right now. <laughs> like it's happening. It's the redhead, and it's the redhead. It is. Reba. She went. Yeah, she went full on crazy redhead Reba, and was like, nope, nope, we're yeah, going to murder. Something. Like there was no hiding it. I mean, Vicky Sue didn't hide it either, but that like 
that background of like the disco-esque music was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is still kind of nice. Yeah. And Reba's just like, F that. <laughs> yeah. We're killing people right now. We're going to kill people right now. And we're going to keep killing people right now with Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. I got to respect Bobby Darren for thinking, I'm going to take a song about a rapist and murderer from Three Penny Opera, a play almost nobody in America has heard. Right. America right. was not super. It's this it came out in the 20s. It's now the late 50s. America's in the Elvis. They're not into Kurt Vile, not in a big sense. And he went, Correct. no, I can make it hip. Because the original version, I believe it's uh, it's a waltz. And uh, mm-hmm. again, waltz not that popular in 59. And he went, I can basically put some disco on it for the 50s and sell right. it to America. And he did in spite of lyrics like this. There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know, where cement bags just a drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the weight, dear. Five will get you 10, old Mackie's back in town. Yeah, he's seriously dumping bodies. <laughs> he's a German serial killer. But yeah. dang, does it not have a swing to it? And you do want it to dance to it? It's very doo This is the man who yeah. just came from singing a splish and a splashin', and he went right into Mac the Knife. And we're going to go right into Mac the Knife from Bobby Darren. Oh, the shark, babe, has such teeth, dear. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe And it keeps it out of sight You know when that shark bites with his teeth, babe Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe so there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, uh-huh, uh-huh, ooh, Sunday morning uh-huh, Lies a body just oozing life And someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag is just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the weight to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Don't you hear about Louis Miller? He disappeared, babe. That was Mac the Knife. Number one hit in America, probably one of the biggest hits he ever had. By Bobby and again, Dad. 59, right? 59, 59. So, so, so it's not video games that's causing all this violence that we're talking about right now? <laughs> wow. <laughs> this song was written in the 20s, you say? Mm-hmm. The, the 1920s. Yes, because before, uh, before the 1920s, yeah, but let's there was keep no blaming Halo. <laughs> Right. Keep blaming Halo. I believe there is a town in upstate New York that still has a ban on arcades. And somebody went to the city and said, there are no arcades. You actually have technically won this. Maybe pull it back and not look insane. Nope. They also banned dancing. And, and like what? Think about it. At the time, they... 
Yeah. At the time they banned this game, games, games were what? Asteroids? Pac-Man? I mean, yeah. I, I can't believe... Metroid, maybe. Someone Metroid saw, is probably the first one. Someone saw Metroid and went, this cannot stand. <laughs> right? Mega, exactly. Mega Man, you can't have that Calrum cannon. That's way too realistic. You, know, you the, can't have a guy eating cherries and random dots? <laughs> Well, uh, technically, you probably shouldn't have that. <laughs> why are ghosts? Why are ghosts chasing him? Like, yeah, right. So that was because- a recent story in Michigan that that actually would make more sense. Oh no! Oh, please tell. Um, oh, uh, so the Michigan DNR. This is actually a. a um, I'm going to give you the, the headline um, because it was amazing. Man poops on PT cruiser, and when asked by DNR, says his blood type is pure natural ice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said that with a straight face. <laughs> Welcome to Michigan, folks. Oh man. <laughs> um it's been cold here, but he wasn't talking about like actually ice. He was no. talking about natty. Yeah. 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 And um <laughs> not sure why they had to put on that he pooped on a PT cruiser, but I mean give the a- assumption that he his blood alcohol level was I mean, you're drinking also natty, so it can't be that high. But I mean, it's you know, it's natty ice though. He's, okay, he's, he's doing right. for quantity, so I get That's that. True. It was for quantity. Right. Wasn't there was <laughs> yeah. no quality here. Twenty four was... uh, pack is nothing when oh. it comes to natty. Also, there are some cars you just want to get into a headline when you can. I say AMC Gremlin, uh, yeah. a PT Cruiser, a Hummer. You're poop on a car. PT Cruiser is probably <laughs> top of the list. It'd be, I guess so. I guess so. Especially if you're uh, hooked no. up on Natty. Uh, <laughs> but I just, oh, I love, I love, I love stories. And that was posted in on just in December 29th, 2022 in Michigan here. Um, and I was like, I'm not even going to read the article. I don't have to. I'm done. That's amazing. Yeah. It can't get any better. I got the whole story. That's true. It can't get any better. I'd <laughs> probably be more This one needs to get shared nationwide. I will. This is going to win an award soon somewhere. As soon as we're done, I'm going to share this nationwide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to end this with uh, one of my favorite covers by Nirvana called Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Originally by Lead Belly and called In the Probably po- wasn't in a PT Cruiser. Uh, probably not. <laughs> anyway, um, I had that joke brewing. That's anyway. good. That's good. Lead Belly, singer-songwriter. Virtuoso from back in the day had a, a song called In the Pines. This song has probably been, probably predates Lead Belly because all those well, old songs. Well, it came songs. from the 1800s. Well, there, yeah, he wasn't that it old. It actually, the, it started, it was two different songs, In the Pines, and I can't remember the other one, but it was it was in the, eight, the late 1800s is when this was like a, almost like a hymn. And then Lead Belly kind of like smushed a couple of different things together and borrowed from In the Pines from the 1800s track and made it this, and then Kurt loved it. He did a mashup. Before that yeah. was a thing, pre-sampling. Yeah. I'll take this. Pre-sampling. I'll take this. Forget about copyrights. Yeah. <laughs> we'll it was together. 1800s. Nobody cares. Yeah. What's a copyright? Yeah. yeah. Your life expectancy is 47. You're not worried about, you know. There's no royalties. I don't, I don't want to get cholera. That's really what the thing was. You died from dysentery. <laughs> so maybe, your music. Typhoid fever. So maybe that's why all these songs about death were so popular, because it literally, like Depeche Mode said, death was everything. Everywhere, right? It, yeah. Case in point, this song, one of the many lines about death. Her husband was a hardworking man just about a mile from here. His head was found in a driving wheel, but his body was never found. Yeah, that was a hard hymn. 
Praise uh, God from whom all blessings flow. Thank yes. <laughs> and and <laughs> very Pentecostal, and, I think. And with yeah. that lovely intro, we are going to play Nirvana. Where did you sleep last night? Question mark. Nirvana's Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And it's weird to think about the time compression of Nirvana as a hit-making band because mm-hmm. it's been a long time, but honestly, it was a it was a two-and-a-half-year crunch. They got popular, they broke up. I'm simplifying it, but they broke yes, up. But that was it. That was it, for that, sure. That was it. And the only other person I can think about whose career went from I'm the most popular to I'm not here was Tupac, because California Love and mm-hmm. the Vegas incident was like a six-month, seven-month gap. Yeah, he hit it and then just hit it. Quit it. <laughs> yeah, literally. That was... Oh. Oh, it was it was super super quick, and the, you're right. Yeah, Nirvana was here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah, yeah. They uh, did give us they did give us great uh, Dave Grohl. So they did give us lots and lots and lots and lots of Foo Fighters. Yes. Um. So you know, I that's pretty cool. Yeah, there and, was a lot of the Foo Fighters were in were in Nirvana at some point. Uh. Yeah. I want seriously an autobiography from Pat Smear. Because his career has been around forever. Like you're in the germs in the seventies. Your album, mm-hmm. first, your only album's produced by Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Your lead mm-hmm. singer dies December eighth, nineteen eighty. No one notices because John Lennon died on the same day. Mm-hmm. You end up working in a record store, and the biggest band in the in the world needs a second guitar player. Somehow your name comes up. You smartly say. I'm going to leave the record store job and go hang out with Nirvana. How bad could it be? Uh, pretty bad when Kurt Cobain kills himself. 
And then you get asked to be in Foo Fighters. You're like, okay, it should be fun. After two albums, you quit. I'm not sure why. I guess he'll no tell doubt. us. And then you rejoin 10 years later. Foo Fighters is huge. Foo Fighters, I remember him being on stage. He wasn't fully back yet, but he was kind of playing in the shadows. And up in mm-hmm. front playing with Foo Fighters was half of Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's oh, thinking, yeah. how, how did this band get this big? And he rejoins because I think he realizes it's fun here. But like that's a bizarre. Oh, yeah. And then you kind of do a couple of songs with Paul McCartney. Mm. There's that. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. You went, <laughs> the only person who could literally say I had saying was played with Darby Crash and the Germs and a Beatle. That's not a normal mm-hmm. career at all. No, not uh, at all. So I'd love for him to impart some wisdom. I'm like, are you like the Zelig of rock and roll or how does that happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so bizarre. There we go. We're almost ending on a happy note. Yay. So <laughs> we want Pat Smear to write us a book. Yes. No, no, no uh, time. No money will be passed by us with one nope. of incept this into yeah. the world and like have it, it come true. Well, hey, guys, thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having us on. Oh, yeah, it's totally fun. And once again, people out in the world listen to the Notes McGoats podcast, N-O-T-E-S space M-C-G-O-T-E-S. Yes. Podcast. You guys can spell podcast. Yes, hopefully. Music review, and it's fun. And that's our show. Please come back next week when we will unveil another fun theme. Also, please subscribe and comment wherever you hear this. It always helps. The algorithms love that. I do not mean the rhythm of Al Gore. I mean the actual technical (laughs) algorithm. I Um, did invent the internet, so that works out. He did. Uh, Please also check out my weekly YouTube show, Still Got It, where I review new music from vintage musicians. And you can follow me on all media at beacons.ai slash mmfrench. You're like, that's too many words. Just look at it in the notes. It, uh, you, it, you'll find it. Original music courtesy of Spiky Blimp. Thanks, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>